When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of College Football Live with Roddy Jones and Tom Luganbill. I'm Wendy Nix. We will start with the latest edition of the College Football Playoff Rankings brought to you by Chick-fil-A and not a whole lot of change. In fact, the top five remain the same as last week while the rest of the top ten moved up a spot. This is due to Oregon's loss to Washington over the weekend. But Lugs will start with two and three in the rankings. That's Michigan and Ohio State. Those two set to meet next weekend in Columbus. Is the loser of that game out of the playoff conversation? I'm not convinced of that, Wendy. Not just yet. I will say this. Both of those teams right now are huge UCLA fans. Go Bruins. If you're an Ohio State Buckeye or you're a <laughs> Michigan Wolverine, you need the Pac-12 to be out of this thing. You really do. And I, I also think, how does that game play out? What's the style of the game? Is it close going into the fourth quarter? Or is one of those two teams make a statement? Because you've got Tennessee sitting right there. You've got North Carolina and Clemson sitting right there, which, by the way, all three of those teams are huge UCLA Bruin fans. So I still think it's premature uh, to say that the loser of that game would be out of the mix. Yeah, Lugs, I actually think the loser of that game is out of the mix, particularly if it's Michigan. I think strength of schedule is going to come into it. Uh, but Ohio State's strength of schedule isn't that much better. They're basically a Notre Dame win away from, from having essentially the same schedule on paper as Michigan. And, and then when you look at all of the teams behind that could leap up and be in that conversation, you mentioned Clemson out of the ACC and obviously USC up ahead. I think these two teams have to treat it as an elimination game. And certainly it depends on what goes on elsewhere and if things go crazy. But I would imagine that because of the strength of the Big Ten behind those two and behind Penn State, uh, the loser of that game is going to have a real uphill battle getting into the college football playoff. Which is why, of course, it is a, an extremely important game for both of these programs. You can find the Buckeyes in our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week preview 
It, it's no surprise Ohio State ranks as the Big Ten's best in a variety of categories. Maryland will be looking for an upset as well as their first win over the Buckeyes in series history. We turn our attention now to the SEC. LSU should not have much of a problem getting past UAB this week before they close out their regular season with a visit to College Station to face Texas A&M. Of course, the conference championship game is already set as well, where the Tigers will take on the defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Roddy, if LSU wins out, is it possible they could be the first two-loss team to make the playoff? Wendy, I feel like I'm just raining on everybody's uh, college football playoff parade today. <laughs> uh, but, but no, I don't, I don't think they would get into the college football playoff. At least I would not put them in the college football playoff because I think we're all operating under the assumption that Georgia as a undefeated team going into the SEC championship game, win or lose, they are in. And, and so then if LSU wins that game, what do you do with Tennessee? Tennessee went down to Baton Rouge in Death Valley and beat this team 40-13, to 13, a resounding victory. And so essentially you're basically telling Tennessee that because of divisions, uh, you will not get in the college football playoff, whereas LSU gets a shot at Georgia. And if they are able to knock Georgia off, that is a massive feat. But if Georgia's already in, you can't put three SEC teams in. And Tennessee, because of the head-to-head to me, Luke's, would be more deserving than that LSU team. Uh, you're right about the head-to-head part of it. The problem is, is they will not have won the conference championship, nor will they have participated in the conference championship game. You're right. Tennessee thrashed LSU in the Bayou, but LSU's also got wins versus Alabama and Ole Miss, and then would have a win in the conference championship game against the number one team in the country and an undefeated team in that in the in the Georgia Bulldogs. So I actually do think uh, that LSU would be in the college football playoff. I don't know what the seed would be, but as a champion uh, of the SEC, and then I again, I go back to the 2014 season, y'all, and that Ohio State team that lost in week two to a very average Virginia Tech team then ends up playing their best football at the end of the year in the committee valued improvement. And I think they'll value LSU's improvement as well. You know, things are getting serious. Lugs is dropping the y'all on us, Roddy. Uh, (laughs) It's a big time of the year. (laughs) It absolutely is. Luke, so so how do you you then look at Tennessee and say, hey, look, we're leaving you out in this scenario, though? Like, I don't think you can leave Tennessee out when all they did was take your business and they'd have a loss at Georgia in a game where it poured in the second half. It'd be awful, man. Uh, yeah, is it ideal? No, um, but the, but the reality is, and if we're going to base it off of what the what the committee states is that um, they do value head to head. All right, so that weighs in Tennessee's favor. But I think at the end of the day, they're also going to weigh maybe more heavily in the favor of a conference champ, and that's why for a Tennessee, as I referenced, what's happening out west could play a role and affect a lot of teams. Yeah. Listen, you say it's not ideal, Lugs. It would also be historic. They would be the first two-loss team to make the playoffs, and our analytics team says there's just a 5% chance of that. So hopefully, Tennessee fans, just settle down. Let's see what happens. Uh, Let's take a quick look at the ACC. Again, keep in mind we're on the stretch run here. We're getting into crunch time, and despite two teams having two more regular season games, the ACC championship is already set. You've got Clemson and North Carolina. They will meet for the conference clown crown on December 3rd. Both teams have 9-1 and records at the moment. 
Uh, Luke, I'm going to start with you since I know Roddy's going to say no, uh, but do you see any path at all uh, for Clemson or even a UNC to make it to the top four? I think it's going to be difficult. I really do. I think a lot's going to have to happen. I've already referenced what's going on out west with the Pac-12 and the, the weight of that conference that's on USC's shoulders uh, this week. Um, the, the reality is they both have a loss, all right? And then you would have the loser of the Big Ten championship game that would be sitting out there, again, like Tennessee, a one-loss team that would not be playing in its conference championship, but would probably have more significant value as being viewed as a better football team. And I think at the end of the day, too, that's a big part of the equation for the college football playoff committee. Who do they actually think is the best football team if they got to choose amongst a bunch of one-loss teams? And then do they default to a conference championship? Do I think that whether it would be Clemson, potentially North Carolina, would be one of the top four best teams in college football, even if they won the ACC? No, I do not. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm going to stay on brand, Lugs, and say I'm with you on, on UNC. But I think Clemson has a legitimate shot to get back in the mix. And, and it, may be, it may be more than legitimate. I think it could be somewhat likely when you look at if USC loses a game down the stretch of two lost Pac-12 champions not getting in. Then if you have Ohio State beat Michigan, we already talked about strength of schedule for Michigan. Uh, I, I think that puts Michigan out of the mix. And then you look at TCU, and if TCU is not a conference champ, let's say TCU loses in the conference championship game, and they're there with one loss, no conference championship, I think a one-loss conference champion Clemson gets in over them. Then it doesn't even matter about Tennessee because you'd have Georgia, you'd have Ohio State, right. you'd have Tennessee, and then you'd have Clemson. And all of those scenarios, if you take them by themselves, don't look all that unlikely uh, based on how those teams have played. You know, it seems so far-fetched, Roddy. When you lay it out like that, I don't know. But I will tell you this. No team has ever been this far outside the top ten this late in the season and made the playoffs. So, again, we'd, talk, uh, we'd be talking about history with regard to the college football playoff. All right. Speaking of branding, if you will, it is Statement Saturday, and we've got a tremendous lineup. Number three, Michigan and Illinois. They meet at noon Eastern. Then you've got Ohio State and Maryland. Keep in mind, uh, Michigan and Ohio State is next weekend. Plus, Clemson hosting Miami and Hendon Hooker and Tennessee square off against South Carolina. All of these games also available on the ESPN app. As expected, Virginia has canceled Saturday's home finale against Coastal Carolina in the wake of the shooting deaths of three players, Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler. Those three, plus running back Mike Collins and another student, were shot after returning to school from a class field trip. Earlier today, Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell met with the media. You know, it's been challenging, obviously, this week for us as far as just wanting to be as support as we can for Virginia. And that was laying on our players a little bit from that standpoint. So I wanted them to get away a little bit today, too, because they, they're very concerned about uh, the players in the University of Virginia and just their mindset and uh, wanted our guys to know how to give them time to continue to pray and continue to do them, but continue to do things to uplift them. Football is important, but this is way more important. So our, our, our players, their, their whole concern was about the, the, the team at the University of Virginia and anything that we could do, uh, you know, to help try to take away some of the pain, maybe potentially that, that obviously they're facing. 
Mark Shaibot joins us once again from Charlottesville on the campus of UVA. And Mark, anything additional you can add about the decision to cancel that game and then, of course, the status of the season finale next week against Virginia Tech? Yeah, Wendy, Virginia football coach uh, Tony Elliott said yesterday his focus was on helping his players grieve their falling teammates, making sure that the victims' families had everything they need. And, and tragically, this team is going to have three funerals in three different states over the next uh, several days. And, and several players have told Elliot that they want to go to those funerals to support those families. Um, although the Hokies aren't playing this weekend, there are several teams in the state of Virginia, including Liberty, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, James Madison, even South Carolina. In the SEC, they're going to wear a helmet decal, so the, the Cavaliers will be there in spirit this week. But they have not made a determination on the November 26th finale against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. I would think that would come sometime early next week. Also, Mark, the suspect made a court appearance this morning. Uh, did you learn anything additional at that point? Wendy, Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. is charged with three counts of second-degree murder. Uh, two more counts of malicious wounding for shooting Hollins and a female student who survived. Uh, a, according to the Commonwealth's attorney for the Charlottesville area, he told a judge that a witness told police that Jones did not randomly shoot on that bus, that he targeted specific individuals. In fact, the witness told police he shot Devin Chandler while he was sleeping on that bus. Uh, he is being held without jail. The judge in that case said a December 8th update uh, hearing where Jones is expected to have his, have a hired an attorney by then. Really not words, Mark. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, still to come here on College Football Live, we will uh, continue to talk football. Jen Lada goes one-on-one -on -one with TCU quarterback Max Duggan. Also, we'll tell you our confidence level in the Horn Frogs playoff chances. leaked tape that led to one of the biggest scandals in sports and changed the NBA forever. A podcast that unearthed it all. This is just like what 2014 was mm -hmm. like. Like there's yeah. a lot of wild stuff happening. And now a Hulu docudrama. TMZ was calling again and again and saying, we have a tape. Do you want to comment? 30 for 30 podcasts presents The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clips. We reshot the scene and I could barely watch it because it was so uncomfortable. It was tough. A companion podcast to the FX drama inspired by the award-winning reporting of Ramona Shelburne, one of ESPN's top NBA reporters, an L.A. native, and someone who has been following the story from the moment it broke. Join Ramona as she sits down with the cast and crew of the show in spoiler-filled conversations and behind-the-scenes reaction to each episode. Man, this is crazy, but these people live these lives every day. Donald Sterling, this was his lifestyle for a long time. Listen to The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clipped wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back for TCU quarterback Max Duggan. The long road that led him from small town Iowa to Fort Worth has helped him navigate through injuries, a heart condition, even the loss of his starting job in the preseason. Jim Lotto sat down with Duggan to discuss how he's become the quarterback his teammates refer to as the consummate player. The true freshman Max Duggan out of Lewis Central High School in Iowa. Snap back, Duggan this time rips it out of the belly of Shaywo. Turns it up and scores! 
Max Duggan arrives against Texas. Just in the evolution of Max Duggan as a quarterback, what do you remember about that game? Being able to get that win against them at home with the fans storming, I think that was the start of that game of trusting yourself. Taking off Duggan with his legs. Oh, Duggan all the way for the touchdown. There's a dog. He's a, he's a competitor. He's a winner. I think his calmness and his, his confidence is, is one of the things that's been a, a trademark of this team. Describe your hometown to me and how you sort of have taken on the personality of your hometown. I grew up in Council's Iowa, and I'd just say it's people with a lot of, you know, grit, tough. I think that's kind of the mindset that we have. Growing up in that town really shaped me to, to who I am and being surrounded by those great people. I don't know many people, if any, that would still be playing the game, you know, after hearing some of the news he's had and some of the injuries he's gone through. Going into my sophomore year thinking, okay, you know, you have a season under your belt, you know, maybe you can make a jump into the season and you get COVID and, you know, you go through all the heart tests for, for student athletes and I find out I have a heart condition that I've had since birth and, you know, non-related to COVID. They put catheters through my neck and groin. It was, I had a nine hour procedure and then two days later I had a blood clot from the surgery. So I had to have a, go into emergency surgery right after that. Kind of just puts a, a stop in your life. I'm sure that played a role in how you approached the quarterback competition headed into this season. What was your attitude when you were facing that situation? Yeah, I think just go in there and compete. You know, do whatever I can to maybe put myself in a, in a position to win the job. And then if I wasn't able to win the job, do whatever I could to help this team win. But unfortunately, I didn't win the job and then, you know, taking on the role of being a backup, being the best backup in the country, trying to help Chandler as much as he needed it. Chandler Morris remains on the sideline, left knee with ice. If you're a TCU fan, you still feel good about Max Duggan at quarterback. I think the, the quarterback position by nature in a lot of ways is kind of a narcissistic position. It has to be about you a lot of times. And, you know, Max is one of the few guys that I've been around. It's, it's never about him. It's always about his teammates and, and, you know, trying to make those around him better. And I think that's why people appreciate him so much. He cares more about the team than he does himself. Duggan drops it in behind the defense. Touchdown. This man's got a dragon in his chest. And right now, he's spitting hot fire. How would you describe your journey? Eventful, so many successes and, and failures, and I think that's what I've grown into, to have these people support me, have TCU support me, the guys in this locker room, coaching staff support me. You know, it's been tremendous to think about the things that we've gone through and being so down to be in the position that we're in right now. Which is a pretty good position. The Horned Frogs have already clinched a spot in a conference title game, although they don't know who they'll play. For now, they focus on getting past Baylor this weekend and Iowa State next weekend in an attempt to complete an undefeated regular season. ESPN Analytics is calling that Baylor game a near coin flip. All right, Roddy, what's your confidence level in TCU winning out uh, starting this weekend against Baylor? Uh, I would say it, it's not super high. I mean, I, I don't know how you can bet against this TCU team, but at the same time, they've had so many close games that you just think in college football, at some point, the luck is going to run out. Rivalry game this weekend against Baylor. Iowa State has played great defense all year. And then you get to the Big 12 championship, and they're going to have to beat a team for a second time. I, I just think it's, it's really, really tough to do. So it, it's not super high despite the excellent season that TCU has had. 
You know what, though, Roddy? I think sometimes you're just having one of those years. Yeah. And that may be what's happening in Fort Worth. And, you know, you referenced the close games. Seven wins by 10 points or less in six of those seven in a row. In a row. And what do we always hear coaches uh, talk about? Well, you're going to have to win on the road. You got to win one possession games. Like, what scenario, what type of game has this team not participated in this year? They're battle-tested. They're ready for anything. They can play from behind. They can play ahead. And I just think that this team is kind of a special unit that has had some things kind of go wrong for them, and they find a way to crawl out of it. And then they take advantage of opportunities. And sometimes when the stars align, you can have a special season, and that just might be you know what's happening here with TCU. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pushing forward, pushing my chips to the table on TCU because I think they're well coached and I think they're playing with confidence. And confidence is something, man. If you could bottle it up and sell it, you'd be a multi multi millionaire in this sport. <laughs> You sure would. Uh, Lugs, I, I tend to agree. And, Roddy, I get your point. But, man, this team has seen just about every single scenario and somehow so far anyway, you know, has found a way to win. But I, I certainly understand the, you know, yeah. if you play with fire that often you might get burned. And they've scenario. got the hypnotoad, so, too. Uh, the we'll hypnotoad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget, by the way, to vote for your Dr. Pepper one final team. Uh, the team you think will be the Dr. Pepper one final team. You can use the hashtag one final team, and you can vote at ESPN College Football. We're getting close, by the way. Still to come on College Football Live, USC, probably the Pac-12's last hope at a CFP bid. But first, they have UCLA on Saturday. We'll talk about the Trojans and their playoff chances. Well, although our analytics team favors the Trojans in both of their remaining games, neither should be an easy win. USC will look to clinch a spot in the Pac-12 championship game with a win over their Crowstown rivals this weekend before closing out their season with a meeting against Notre Dame. And we've said this before, really, that conference's best chance at the CFP, Lugs. But, you know, where do you put USC's chances overall? Well, I don't like the injury to Travis Dye because I think that significantly impacts their run game, puts more pressure on Caleb Williams. But you take that jersey off of number 13, and he's got a shirt with an S on it because that guy is playing in a different realm. They're starting to get healthy at wide out. Uh, I think that UCLA, top to bottom, offense, defense, the ability to run the football, maybe a better overall football team, but I don't ever discount SC with that offense. As long as 13's on the field, it's going to be a heck of a football game. And, Roddy, they're carrying the weight of the conference on their shoulders this week, the week after, and potentially in a championship <laughs> scenario. The, the issue that I have or the, the concern that I have is UCLA's ability to run the football and Notre Dame's ability to run the football and keep that USC offense off the field. This defense is going to have to step up. And quite honestly, they'll have to be tougher than Woodpecker Lips Lugs if they're going to stop the run and the bludgeoning that they're going to take the next couple of weeks with those two teams. Had You're to go there, Roddy, did you? Have you go? All right, listen, we're going to end on a high note. Listen, college game day going to Montana, Montana State, Brawl of the Wild. Let's go. I mean, it, it, does it get any better than that? That's what Bundle they call up. it. There's nothing. Bundle up. I mean, you got anything I better? I like it. Nothing. No. Farmageddon. No. That's you don't. It. Because Woodpecker it's tremendous. Lips. It's also Statement Saturday. We'll be back next week. See you then.